0: Good morning. Is this thing on? Did you hear me? I didn't hear you. Good morning. morning. I hear more of this side than this side, which is weird because you guys are closer to the coffee. Either they got the coffee first and came over here. One last time. Good morning. Good morning. All right. So I got you with the oldest trick of the book when you're public speaking and you don't have your stuff set up. You got to buy time, right? So you just keep telling people they're not loud enough when most people, you know, they've had kids or they've dealt with kids, so you know they're plenty loud, right? Right. Good morning. Good morning. So yeah, just like Jocelyn said, you know, we're just lifting up our prayers to Chad, his family, his grandmother passed away last week. So he, they are in Florida and they're, you know, they're just, you know, saying their goodbyes and you know, it's, it's a good thing. She, she's in a, she's in a place where she's ready. Um, so definitely keep sending prayers up. It's never easy. It's never easy. So uh, yeah, welcome to Lightpoint. You know, if you haven't been here um, in the past two weeks, we haven't either. So you, <laughs> we're right on the same page. Um, if uh, if this is your first time here, my name is Josh Holbrook. I, uh, I just do whatever they tell me to do. That's my calling. Um, it's very artificial, superficial, however you want to say it. Um, but just something to know about me if you're new. I get loud sometimes, and I get fast sometimes. If you've if you've been here before, you've heard me before, you guys already know. So I'm pretty excited about that. Um, And I'm pretty excited about what I get to talk about today, which is our core values. It's our core roles. So I am pretty, pretty excited. So we're in this, we're in this section called The Calling. And every year we're just, we're coming back to really what makes us a church. You know, what are the threads of our church? And you know what the best thing about that is? The threads of our church its us. It's you, it's me, right? It's you, it's me. It's how we live our lives every day. And when we do it together, when we're unified, we create this great thing called a church. And this great thing called a church can reach people. It can bring people together. It can reconcile broken relationships. It can meet the human needs of people who just need help. And it can rest our soul. How many of you guys would like the word Rest. So uh, can I get an amen on that rest? So Chad's not here today. I can tell you, I can tell you every pastor's secret that, that you know, we, we want to hear it, but this is just the thing. When you say amen, it lessens the sermon by 15 seconds. <laughs> I knew I'd get that over here. I knew I'd get that over here. I knew I'd get that over here. So if you guys were going to go through these things, we've got, we've got it over here, though. It's something that we look at every single week, our values. And what are they? It's the one on your left over here. It starts at the bottom with truth. So everything builds together towards this unity. And when we walk in the truth, when we believe, when we act in the truth, we gain trust, right? We we know it's the truth. We can trust it. When we're a church, when we are you and we are me and we're working together, well, guess what? That trust extends to we start trusting each other, right? We start having relationships, we start sharing things, we start depending on people, it gains trust. As we go into this this truth and this trust, well, guess what? We build our character. The Bible shows us how to live. It's a roadmap for life. When we trust people, when we live on those truths, well, then we have people that help us build our character. They help us refine ourselves each and every day so that we can just become a little bit better, a little bit better. So you've got those things going for us, right? Then love. We do everything out of love. When we know the truth and we're acting on the truth, when we know and, tr- and it's causing us to trust in God and trust in the ones around us and we're building our character, well then love is going to show. Love is going to show because the truth tells us that we should love. We should do all things out of love and trusting means we're going to love others like Jesus loved us. And character means, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hope that someone's going to share something with me to make me better. Maybe I hurt something. Maybe I could have said something a little bit better. Maybe I did something unintentionally that acted like a domino effect. Maybe out of love they come to me and say, hey, man, you really shouldn't be doing that. I know your kids are going crazy, but cough syrup's not the answer. Um, <laughs> you know, like, it's a, it's a joke, but it can be real, right? It can be real. It can be real. If you guys have kids, you know. Um, but that's love. Love causes you to act on uncomfortable situations, right? It's really easy to say you love somebody and send them a birthday card, right? It's not so easy to say you love somebody and stand there and say, hey man, let me help you out. Let me help you steer over here. It's really easy just to just say, oh, somebody else will get it. I'm not his dad, I'm not his mom. Somebody else will get it. So these are just really simple things. We're just going over at a high level. But when we do these things, I want you to see up at the top, unity, unity, We are acting, we are moving as one, which is how Christ intended the church to work. It's exactly how it intended the church to work. So it's all about the journey, all right? So we're going to go. Who wants wants to be satisfied and fulfilled, right? Everybody wants to live life satisfied and fulfilled. But here's what culture tells you. Culture tells you that, hey, if you want to be satisfied and fulfilled, you got to do all the things, right? You got to check all the boxes. You always, always, always got to do all the stuff right? Nobody ever tells you what it's going to look like to get there. All the aches and the pains, the bumps and the scratches, the falling down, the getting up, the falling down, the getting up, the falling down and saying, please, no more. Snooze, snooze, snooze. And then the getting up. We all know those things, right? The journey is what makes us fulfilled, guys. The journey is what makes us fulfilled. When we go through that journey and we go through it with other people, it makes us fulfilled. So confession time. I'm a horrible dad, No, 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 listen, before you're like, oh, no, you're not, like, I love you, but just listen. Um, So we have this derby car race, right, Luke's first ever derby car race, Pinewood Derby, the first ever one, and then you realize that really it's the dad's derby race, right? So we get there, and these people have taken two of these cars to the body shop, it's been professionally primed, professionally sandblasted, painted, I mean, it looks like one of those really fancy bass boats, it's super shiny, so and then it's got Iron Man on there, so we make it, I research it, I watch videos, we're ready to go, and then right at the last second when we're about to go, we've got everything perfect. I spent hours and hours the day before sanding things down, right? Sanding things down, getting it ready. The axles, I put it in the power drill and hand, sat there and held the sandpaper until my hand couldn't hold it anymore. <clears throat> Trying to get these things polished because it's what it says it does. You know, you got to polish them. And then graphite. So I got this mixture of. alcohol is what it's called for, but I'm resourceful. All we had was 70, so I did that. So I pour it in there, and you mix it up, and you're supposed to get this paste, so you gotta get this balance of solid and liquid to get this paste. So I'm doing that, and I cut a straw because, again, I'm resourceful. I'm not buying all these tools. I cut a straw, and I'm packing it in there, and then I got a hairdryer because the idea is the alcohol dries, and it just leaves the graphite. So then you get less friction. So all this whole derby race is, it's a battle from... Kinetic energy, which is the stuff that makes it go, like it's the movement, and friction. The more kinetic energy you have, the less friction. The more friction, the less energy. And you want the most energy going down there. So, right, I, I do all this work, and Luke and I are super pumped. The whole time, like, Luke, we're taking home the trophy. I'm showing him pictures of the trophy. I'm like, man, we are ready. We're <laughs> rocking around with this car going, this is our car right here. And we're playing with it, and we're doing all these things. And then the back rear wheel, boom, the wood breaks. So I'm like, okay, we got this, we got this. So I glue it, I put the clamp on there. I'm like, we're gonna be good, we're gonna be good. We're gonna be good. Well, we get there, it's not holding. So the Boy Scouts though, I get there and there is John. John is from Troop, what was it, 440 or something like that. It's, they pick numbers, so it's a troop number. So, and he's got the whole get up on. He's, got, he's decorated. When it, comes, when it comes to Boy Scouts, he invented it. Walking around like this. And I'm like, John, I got a problem. And he checks it, and it's all good. And he's like, look, I got some glue. And I'm like, just glue? And he goes, no, this is derby car glue. Any derby car? No, this is Pinewood Derby Pro Glue. And I said, how can you go wrong with something pro in the name? So I put this glue on there and close it down. And I spin the wheel to check it. And when I spin the wheel, I realize the glue got on the wheel. I'm like, uh-oh. So I take the wheel lock out, and I take hand sanitizer, and I'm trying to hand sanitize this thing. And I'm like, okay, put the glue back in. And then once you, for these things, once they inspect it, you got to stick it on there, and you can't touch it anymore. So I hold it down, and I'm like, okay, I think it's feeling good. And I stick it down there like it's minutes before the race. stick it right down there, sweating bullets, and I'm like this. So we get on there, and Luke's the third race, right? Luke's the third race, and he's getting ready to go down. I'm like, Luke, watch, 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 Luke. And then it goes down, and all the, all the cars are like, whoo! you know, flying down, and they get to the bottom, and all the cars pass the finish line, and then you see our going. (laughs) And then you see a guy, you see a guy, because they have a program, and if all the cars don't pass, the program won't stop. You see a guy running like this going. (laughs) And I'm like, oh no. So... I'm a horrible dad. <laughs> no, uh, it, it was a good time. By the end of it, the story does have a, have a happy ending. By the end of it, it was a great learning experience, right? It was a great learning experience because we did come in third a couple times because there was a car that was more janked up than ours. <laughs> um, so, so we did come in third a couple of times. But, you know, at the end of the day, we were probably the only car, like after the glue started to loosen, the black line where the finish was, I mean, man, we were landing on that line every single time. So if this was like shuffleboard, we would have won, okay? You got to look at the bright side. You got to look at the bright side. So, you know, those are things that, you know, life, it is about the journey. We spent time on this car. And you know what? You can get hung up on the fact that you didn't win, but how much time did I get with my kids working with wood instead of an iPad, right? That's important to me. That's important to me. That's 30 seconds. That's important to me. So I really like that. I really like that. So let's go over a couple of things. Um, you know, this whole, this whole value thing, the truth, the trust, the character, the love, and the unity, you know, they can be complex if you think of it as a system. But systems can be complex. Think about your car engine. You know, some people know how those things work. Some people have rebuilt them. Some people have a garage full of them, right? But at the end of the day, most people... Probably don't know how every little thing works in that car, but they get in and drive it every day. You know, every system, though, is made up a bunch of parts that do a simple job, and when you combine them all together, it works. That's our values. We're made of some, you know, truth, trust, character, love, unity. It's five parts. Simple. When you work them together, it becomes a little more complex, right? So it's nothing that we need to be afraid of. Sometimes what's simple is not always easy, and sometimes what's easy is not always simple, though. Or the human body, for example. You know, you've got, you've got all these complicated um, systems in the human body that, you know, the organs, how you digest food, how you breathe, how you fight off diseases. But at the end of the day, it comes down on a cellular level. Every cell has a job, and it does its job, and that's what it does. But when you put it together, you get this crazy miracle of a human body, Right? It's pretty cool, it's pretty cool. So the whole idea about this, when I look at this, here's my, here, here's my um, the way that I look at it, my perspective, right? My perspective is this all, all, the, all these values, it's about filling in the gap. In our life, we're created. there's a gap. There's a gap, we're looking for truth. Some people fill it with truth with a little t, where it's just, hey, people say this is true, people say this is true, people say this is true. Some people fill it with truth with a capital T. That's the Bible, that's God's word. So we fill in the gap. Now, you're going to fill in the gap with trust, right? You're going to fill in the gap with truth. Then you're going to go to character. You're going to go to love. You're going to go to unity. you got to fill in the gap with all those things. How many of us have ever been driving on the road and somebody cuts us off? And we spend the next half hour mad about somebody cutting us off because they are a jerk. Well, listen, filling in the gap is not about calling that person a jerk and letting that person take your joy all day. You don't know if they're a jerk. You don't know if they're mad and they're looking at it like, look, there's Josh Holbrook in the car. I know that guy. I'm cutting him off. <laughs> you don't know if that's what they did. You don't know. If, maybe it was an accident. Maybe it was an innocent accident and they didn't realize it. Or maybe, maybe you're driving at night and you forgot to turn your lights on. They didn't see you. Or maybe, just maybe, they're about to have their first unborn child and it's coming. And they're trying to get there as fast as they can. They're crying. They're trying to make it. You know? Maybe that's it. My point, though, is with all these things, you are the one that chooses how you fill that gap in. You are. You are. So you have a choice. You can either kind of fight with goodness. Like, what is your character going to tell you to fill in that gap? What is the first thing you're going to look for in that? Because, look, when we were sinners, we had a gap. Jesus didn't decide to fill that gap in with something like that. Right? We have a choice. What kind of character do we want to build? This is my perspective. So you got to choose to follow, right? You choose to follow through this trust. You choose to follow through this truth. You choose to follow. And look, when you follow, people don't tell you this. They think you have to be a follower or a leader, but you're really both. You're really both. That's just the way it works. But when you choose to follow, you'll find that you start living a different way. And when you start living a different way, you'll find you start leading a different way. Every single interaction, you're leading someone. And someone's leading you. Every single interaction, you're leading someone and someone's leading you. Why? Because being a leader is not being a person that's in charge. Being a leader is always learning. Being a leader is being responsible for the people in your charge. That's what, that's what being a leader is, quite simply. So when you are leading, you can't think of you're the one that's always teaching and you're always showing people the right way. When you're a leader, you're the one learning about people. You're the one showing them how much you care, how much you love them. How can you serve them? Leadership is a gift of service, not an act of authority. That's leadership. And in our values, we have have to lead those every day in our own lives. We have to choose what we're gonna fill this gap in. Are we gonna choose to fill this gap in with the true, the absolute trust, the word of God? Are we gonna choose to fill this gap in with other things? Are we going to choose to fill that truth in? Are we going to choose to fill trust in thinking that, oh, you know what? They missed a deadline. They must really hate this or they must that. How are you going to fill that gap in? Hey, let me just ask a question. Hey, we were supposed to meet the other day and I I noticed you forgot what's going on. Oh no, I just got laid off. Things happen, guys. Things happen. How are you going to fill in that gap? Because, you know, The word of God, what I get is Jesus never filled that gap in that we did not ever, ever have the worth to him to be on that cross. He filled that gap in with, I love them so much that I'm not going to qualify myself as equal to God, but I'm going to take human form and I'm going to humble myself and I'm going to step down and I'm going to pay the price. How are we going to fill in that gap when it comes to character? Again, how are we going to fill in the gap? Who do who do we feel like we're called to be? Are we called to be the person that, that really exhibits what Christ exhibits, the peace, the love, the patience, the joy? Are we showing the fruits of the Spirit? Are we that person? Are, maybe we have a little bit more anger in our life. And if we do, that's okay. We're human. But what's not okay is to stay that way. That's all it is. That's all it is. And through Jesus, it can be changed. It can be changed. Through people around you, you can go to where you want to go. You can choose how you want to do it. Sometimes, though, there's just a little more steps to climb than there are for other people, and that's okay. Again, it's not about when you get there. It's about how you got there. It's about the journey. So if you're living, if you're living those things, guess what? You're leading. You're leading. So one thing to think about is... If this church ends up like every other church that we've ever been in, what will we have accomplished? So we got to be a church that changes the name of the game a little bit. We got to be a church that sets out to live by the Bible. We got to be a church that doesn't that doesn't water it down. We got to be a church that that walks the walk and talks the talk, so to speak. And it starts here. It starts here. So our values, whether or not we realize it, they guide and direct. They All of our decision-making, whether we know it or not. So here's what I want. Here's the best thing. How do do we get successful as our church, right? How How do we know we're on the right track? Well, here's my thought. We know when we're on the right track, when our imagination of our church not only aligns with God's design, but it aligns with reality. How about that? So I want you to stop and think a second. Tell me, in the perfect church... In the perfect church, look in your imagination. Get creative. In the perfect church, just think of one thing. Think of one thing that in a perfect church, this exists. So for example, in my perfect church, in my perfect church, you see smiles on people. Look, it's that simple. In my perfect church, I think people are happy to be there. I think that would be part of a thing for a great church. It doesn't have to be this really big thing, guys. Our imagination looks different. What's the design of God? What is the design of God? Does it match what is in our imagination? And how can we create it? This is a great start. This is a great start because when we act on the truth and we let that grow trust and character and it starts to really implement love in our life, we're going to create a lot of the unity. So what, what's some things about Truth. Well, if you don't have your Bible with me, it'll be right on here, but we're going to go into 2 Timothy. So truth, like I said, a little T, a big T, you got the word of God versus, you know, everything maybe the world tells you. Some people say different things. I'm just going to use for the sake of argument, the world, right? The world, everything else. You have God and then you have the world and that's, you know, that's just for the sake of argument. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. So trust, or sorry, truth. I'm getting ahead of myself already. So trust me here, guys. Truth. Truth. So truth. Second Timothy three sixteen through seventeen. It says all Scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. If you go back one book, First Timothy chapter two verses three and four. It says this is good. And acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and to come to knowledge of truth. So here's the thing. The Bible, it's God's word. It is the truth, the Bible. Countless stories where God took somebody who maybe by standards of the day, they were a zero and made a hero. Countless stories where God said, hey, you know what? I'm not going to come in and just fix everything. I'm not going to come in, you know, Moses leading the people, right? I'm not going to come in and just snap my finger and then all of a sudden his people are no longer slaves. He said, no, it's going to be bent on one man to be obedient and to lead his people. And that probably was a pretty treacherous little journey, wasn't it? I mean, not many of us can say we walked on a riverbed dry and looked to the left and right and saw these turtles and stuff floating around us, right? It's a journey. Well, what does that mean in our day with truth? Well, look, chances are you're not going to have a staff that turns into a snake and you're not going to stand there and pillars of fire, you know, running through and and the water. Chances are that may not happen, but I don't want to say anything because God can do whatever God wants to do when it comes to saving his people. But chances are it may not happen. But in your life, what are the miracles, right? What are the miracles in your life? Maybe you're really worried about something at work. A project is coming up. A deadline's coming up. You have to work with somebody who's like working with sandpaper. You know, you look at them and you're like, you know what? I'd rather just run down a slip and slide full of sandpaper buck naked. And you're like, you know what? I don't want to do that. I don't want to work with this person. You know, they really cream your corn. You're really upset. There may be a miracle right there. There may be something with that. If you would just look at the truth and say, you know what? I think God had to work with some difficult people sometimes. Right? Right? Amen. How'd he do it? How'd he do it? He did it with love, 45. He did it with love, right? He did it with love. He did it with patience. He did it with gentleness, with kindness, that even the hardest hearts, though sometimes the measures were drastic, even the hardest hearts would soften. What about in our lives? When it comes to that truth, where's your heart? To harden, right? I know I'm speaking to some people. I'm speaking to me right now. There's some areas in my life, my heart is hardened. You know what my biggest thing is? My heart is hardened is I overcommit and underdeliver. I overcommit and I underdeliver. You know what that means? That means because I have this stupid complex that I always have to be the hero and I always have to be the one to make the sacrifices, that means my wife has to pay for it sometimes. That means my kids have to pay for it sometimes. So when I sit there and say, hey, I think I can get out of work at five o'clock and I don't step out till six o'clock and call, I overcommit and I underdeliver. I overcommit and I underdeliver. Where's your heart hard at? What in your life are you not letting that truth seep into? What is it? Because see, this truth, it's a roadmap. It's a roadmap to make us a better friend, it's a roadmap to make us a better man, a woman. It's a roadmap to make us a better husband or wife, boyfriend, girlfriend, or fiance or fiance. Um, it is a roadmap, right? And if you follow this roadmap, it's gonna help you be satisfied and fulfilled because there's a journey there. There's a journey. God always takes chaos and moves it to structure. He always takes like the ashes where you think maybe there's no point in going back. You know, there's a place when you're driving an airplane or riding in a, flying in an airplane. Hopefully you're not driving. I don't think anybody here is a pilot. Not today. Um, so if you're riding in an airplane or a helicopter, there's a point where there's like a, a no turning back point where they don't have enough gas to get back to the airport. And there's like at that point, you have no choice. You got to go, right? You have no choice. Right when you think you're at that point, where are you? is your heart. That's the point, you're like, hey God, all right, I'm ready, like, okay. That's the point you gotta act in. God's always, gonna, God's always gonna wait until we're ready. It's really easy to convince somebody's mind, but you have to win the heart. So the truth, where do you need to let that seep into? Where is your heart hard? That it's not soft enough, you're not letting God win that over. You're not opening that door, because God's there knocking, he's waiting he's ready. When are you ready to turn around? When are you ready to follow? So here's the thing. When you are, when you're abiding in that truth, when you're living in that truth and you're, you know, you're softening your heart, you're listening to God. You're like, you know what? I'm ready to walk. I'm ready to go. And it's almost, it's almost as if he just turns the light on and you take another step. He turns the light on. You can see what it is. You take another step. He turns the light on. See what it is. You take another step. He turns the light on. He takes another step. And then he leads you to something good. Like me. Yes. So he leads you to something good. He leads you to something good. When we abide in the trust, well, guess what it unlocks? It unlocks your potential. It unlocks my potential. Our potential, get this. We're going to have things happen in our life. But our potential to have a better life. Because instead of worrying about not having enough money to do this or do that, you know, you see your friend on Facebook parasailing in the Himalayas. You know, you see somebody scuba diving at the Great Barrier Reef, and you're like, man, I don't have money for that. I can't do that. I'm upset by that. You know, that stinks. You're worried about everything you don't have, you don't experience, and you're just worried about it. You have a better life when you follow the truth because you know what matters. Life's not about the things we do, the things we accomplish. It's about the people. It's about the people. It's about the things. It's about the difference. It's about the growth. So if you really, if you're really softening your heart and you're getting into that truth and you're making a choice to get into that, you're filling the gap, the gap in your life, and you're filling it and say, hey, look, there's a truth size hole, and wow, this works. Fits like a puzzle. It matches. You know, it's like a Rubik's Cube when you get all the colors put together and you're like, yes, I've done that once in my life, and I followed the directions. So Pretty excited. It leads you to this trust thing, though, because, look, if you're looking at God's truth and you act on it every day and every day and every day, well, that's trust. Trust is consistently coming through time and time and time and time and time. That's trust. That builds trust. When somebody is building trust and then all of a sudden, boom, they, they, they fall out, they, they mess up, well, guess what? That breaks it down, breaks it down. It's like, have you ever heard that like phrase, like two steps forward, 18 steps back? I think that's how it goes, right? I don't know. Um, something like that, right? Um, but that, that's trust. That's trust. And you have to build it. You have to build it. So what does the Bible say? We're going back to the truth here. We're going back to the truth. Say it with me. Back to the truth? Back to the future? I'm just kidding. All right, so Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. It'll be on the screen. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding, and all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your paths straight. So just as I mentioned, when you know the truth, when you're filling that gap in with the truth, well, guess what? God's building trust. Your relationship with God, he's building trust. Hey, guess what? If he can Help you get out of bed this morning, what else could he do? Whoa. Stop there. We just, we talked about how complex your body system is. If he can help you get out of bed this morning, what else could he do? For some of you, let's just be real here. If you could get out of bed without hitting the snooze button nine times, that's an act of God, right? That's an act of God. So my wife and I, when we first got married, you know, nobody ever tells you that you really start to know a person when you start like living with them. So we got married, we got first get married, and two things happened. You've probably heard me tell this story, half of it, the other half is new. Um, The first thing that happened was I would wake up every morning, and I'd say, good morning, honey, the sky's awake, so I'm awake, you know? It's like the frozen, you know, I was just like that. And then she was like, your smile is too bright. So, and the Holbrook household formed a bylaw, yeah, the Holbrooks have a bylaw, where Josh Holbrook is not allowed to smile until he exits the room. But I can say, good morning, honey. It's kind of like this. Good morning, honey. Because I'm holding it in. I'm ready. So that's what we learned. You know what else I learned? What else I learned is if if we have to be up at 6 a.m. to get ready and get somewhere, the alarm clock is automatically set to 4.30 a.m. And the snooze button is hit every nine minutes on the way over. And I'm like, bling, bling. And I also learned it was my responsibility to lean over and turn it off. So there's a couple, things. It was a couple things, but hey, you know what? That's what happens. And now when you have kids, you're good. You don't need an alarm clock. You're good. You just have people that wake up with you like this. And you're like scared out of your mind. You're like, ah! it's crazy. And they're just so quiet. It's the only time they're quiet. And ladies, I'm about to unlock the potential at your house if you have small children. If you're tired because you worked your butt off, ladies, I'm preaching right now. You cleaned, you cooked, you did the, you worked a job, you know, and you get home and you're having to do all this. You're making doctor's appointments. You're, you're making sure everybody, the kids, their teeth, the one tooth is growing in a little crooked. So you're calling the orthodontist. You're doing all these things and you're tired. Tell your kids you're going to take a nap. And when you wake up, they got to help you clean. They will do everything in their mind to not let you wake up. I'm telling you right now, if one starts to get a little, sh- 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 we're going to have to clean. We're going to have to clean. Gonna, you'll wake up in your house and they'll all be outside. You'll be like, what are you guys doing outside? It's 14 degrees outside. We don't want to clean, Mom. We don't want to clean. It's cold out here. It's better than cleaning, Mom. There you go, ladies. That one's free. That one's free. Trust me on that. Trust me on that. Going back to, going back to trust. How do you build that trust in your life, You, you right? You got you to gotta just step up. You got to follow. You have to choose to follow. If there's a roadmap placed in front of you and it tells you how to get the path, right, saying, hey, we can get you there. Best way to get there is from A to B. Not saying that it's going to be perfect. Not saying you're not going to have to cross few rivers. Not saying you're going to have to go up and down a couple mountains. Not saying that you're not going to be in one or two lions dens fighting bears or something, metaphorically, of course. But it's a roadmap. I think we got to give it a chance. And if it's not working for you, I guess I would challenge you, maybe you didn't really give it a chance. Maybe you didn't choose to do it every single day. Maybe you didn't choose to do it every single time. I would would ask you that. Did you really do it? Or did you let your heart get a little hard and say, no, I got this. So let me tell you something. I'm going to rock your boat a little bit. You can't do this alone, so don't pretend you can. You can't do this alone, so don't pretend you can. If that was true, no boat would have a life preserver to throw out. You wouldn't need it. If you fell over, couldn't swim, they wouldn't need a life preserver. You can do it on your own, right? Life is just like that. You can't do it by yourself, so do not pretend you can. Don't pretend you can. John 14, 15 through 18, it says this about trust. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper that he may be with you forever. That is the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it does not see him or know him. But you know him because he abides with you and you will be, um, sorry, abides with you and will be in you. I typed mine a little bit weird. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. That's a pretty big statement, right? Right? That's saying, hey, look, you know what? You're not going to be alone. That's saying, hey, look, I, I may pay that sacrifice on the cross, but there's the spirit of truth that's going to come, the Holy Spirit, right? He's going to come. He'll be in you. Guess what? You're not going to be alone. You're going to have some help. You know, God may give you things that you feel like, I can't handle this. What in the world? How is this happening to me? I can't do this. Well, you're right. You can't. You're not supposed to be able to. You can't do it alone. But with Jesus, well, guess what? You can. With Jesus, you can. With Jesus, you can. And you have a gap. And I have a gap. And I have to decide how I'm going to fill it. If I can't do it alone, am I going to fill it with negativity Am I going to fill it with that little voice in my head that's really an imposter telling me, Josh, you can't do that. You're not good enough for that. You're not good at this. You're not good at that. Or am I going to fill it with that still, calm, quiet voice of truth, that voice of Jesus, that word of God that says, through God, all things are possible. Am I going to look at every story in the scripture and say, man, right when I thought there was no turning back, whoosh, God said, here we go. Whoop, there it is. That's what he said. Can I get an amen on that? There we go. Got to teach you when to do that. Whoop, there it is. Amen. That's how it goes. A minute. Anyway, um, how are we going to fill that gap? We got this truth gap. We got this trust gap. What does it mean to us? Well, it means that as he lights that path, we keep taking a step. As he lights that path, we keep taking a step. We have to choose that. We have to choose that. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments, right? The word of God is the truth, right? We gotta keep it. And we've seen stories. You know, we can't say, well, God's never come through because past experience, history has told us otherwise, right? In your life, I, get, I bet you there are stories where your life tells you otherwise, You're just probably choosing to fill that gap in with this cloudy, hazy thing that doesn't let you see it called negativity. You're just choosing, you're not able to see it. You got some blinders on. And by the way, that's not just you, that's everybody. Everybody gets that. Everybody gets that little voice, that imposter. Some people call, you know, some people call it Satan. Kind of coming in there, trying to put a wedge between you and God, saying, hey, don't trust him. Hey, if he's really got it, why is this happening to you? You know what you gotta do? You gotta make a choice. Take a step. You got to make a choice. Take a step. You got to make a choice. Take a step. And when things get a little hard, when things get a little hard, guess what that next step is? Character. Character. Anybody can dream something. Anybody can have the best intentions. But if you don't have initiative, if you don't do something about it, it doesn't mean anything. You can have a great dream. You can have a great thought. That's all well and dandy. But what are you going to do to get there? Can you just do something, one little thing, every single day to get there? And that's the challenge, right? This is character. Character is that perseverance. It's what you're putting in. It's that fullness that lets you, even when you feel weak, your character brings you to, (laughs) hey, how do I make the right decision on here? You know what? This is really hard. I don't think I can do it. Let me pray. Let me go into scripture. Hey, let me telephone somebody who I really trust and really loves me, I can talk to. Character, right? How strong's your character? How strong's your character? What's the gap in your character? What does that look like? Philippians chapter two, verses five through 11, they say this, have his attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus. Although he existed in the um, form of God did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped. He emptied Himself, taking the form of a bond servant and being made in the likeness of men. Being found in appearance as a man, He humbled Himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. For this reason also God highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every name so that at the name of Jesus every knee will bow of those who are in heaven and on earth and under earth and that every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord and to glory to God the Father. Listen, character. How are you gonna have that kind of character? That character that even when the fire comes, can walk out Shadrach Meshach and Abednego right throw us on in there bring it on and he's like who's that fourth person in there who who is that and they come out they didn't even smell like smoke I mean talk about a character that somebody could admire wow I don't know if I could do that I'm being honest with you I'm being so real if you put a big old thing of fire and said da, da, I'd be like um, that's for the ribs right that's the first thing I would think that's for the ribs right like what I would probably be running like a little chicken. I'm not, I'm not, I'm just being honest. I'm not that strong. I got ways to go. God's not done with me yet. But I got to keep making decisions. I got to keep making decisions. But what I can tell you in my own life, I've noticed that things that when I was a kid, when I was in high school, when I was a young man, things that would frighten me to death, things that I thought, man, there's no way I can get out of it. My character has grown because I had people around me that loved. Your pastor never once let me be by myself. My parents were going through a divorce, and it was just a rough time. It was just a rough time like divorces on any kid. It was just a rough time, and everybody's figuring everything out. But I tell you what, I could always count on one person. He picked me up after school and da-da-da-da-da, never had to worry about it. I'm telling you right now, if it wasn't for him who knows where I would be, He laid the track for my train, and it's all because his character was the character of God. That's your pastor. That's my pastor, right? He walks and he lives exactly what he preaches. And guess what? I know and I see a man up here that's not perfect and that has come even sometimes and said, look, I'm sorry, I messed up. That's what character looks like. That's an example what does character look in your life? What is your example? When people look at you, when God looks at you, what are the things that, hey, you know what? I could probably work on this. I could probably work on this. For me, hey, Josh, maybe you could work on overcommitting and underdelivering, And maybe it could just simply start with, hey, I think I'm going to be out of here at five, but count at six. And then I start getting better. Maybe it can simply start as when I go to the office to wrap up my day, I start closing my door so people can't come in, right? It can happen like that. It can happen like that. Again, guys, look, it's a complex thing, but simple, simple. My perfect church, people are smiling, right? Simple. To get out on time, maybe I can start closing the door, right? Little things, little things, That's steps, guys. It's steps. Nobody's asking you to run 100 yards in one breath. One step at a time. One step at a time. One step at a time. It's the way it worked. It's the way it worked. So what does character look like? Well, when I look at it, I think of humility and humbleness. You know, just look at Philippians. You know, he was God, but he came down in human form. Humility and humbleness. He didn't come down and tell us that everybody was wrong and he was haughty, and he was making us all feel bad. Instead, what did he do? Sometimes he picked the people that nobody else would pick and he showed them how to walk right. He showed them the truth. He built trust. And he let his character be so strong that it was contagious. What about gentleness and patience? I see some of that. How many times have we ever appreciated somebody being gentle in our lives saying hey Josh you know I noticed something that maybe maybe you didn't notice that it was hurting people a certain way can I share it with you that's way more gentle and appreciated than Josh let me tell you something you're awful and what you did was horrible you should really count yourself as a horrible person in that that's kind of mean right you probably quit listening right there if it was if it was me I probably was like yeah um no probably done. You don't have my best interest in mind. But gentleness, love, patience, it goes a lot further. You know what else I know? Great character to me. Great character looks at maturity, reflection, right? If we're going to be a church built on that, maturity and reflection. You know, we got to be mature enough to have a conversation that may be uncomfortable, right? Hey, my friend, can I have a conversation with you? Just maybe something I'm sure I'm looking into it the wrong way, um, but it just made me feel a certain way. Can I ask you about it? That takes that takes some maturity. Sometimes I'm not there. Sometimes all I want to do where that person cuts me off is run them off the road, but then I think my insurance rates. Anyway, um, but sometimes, I'm just being honest. It's not right. It's not right. Don't go do it. Sometimes I see that red light, and I think, well, green means go. Yellow means hurry up, and red means pedal to the metal, you know, like. That's not right. But sometimes it's that innate, like you get weak for a second and you're like, we're human. It's those times we have to make the choice. It's those times that you're like, okay, I'm human. There's my gap. What am I going to fill it with? How do you slow it down? It's patience, right? That's maturity. Maturity is how do you slow it down? That's the one thing I've learned in my life, especially in my professional career. You want to go in with a hammer and fire and brimstone. We're changing everything. It's going to be great around here. And then nobody tells you that everybody else has an opinion. And you're like, man. But maturity tells you, move a little slower. You can get people to buy into it with their heads, but how do you win their hearts? You know, you can start a revolution with a great idea, but real change comes when people really care about the end. They really care about the outcome. They care about the journey to get there. Real change comes when that happens. That's why... We make so much money in the retail field in January because everybody makes resolutions. I'm having a life revolution. I'm getting fit. I'm going to need a yoga mat. I'm going to need a new athletic gear. I'm going to need weights. I'm going to need this. It's a great idea. But then when you look in the gyms three months from now, what happens? Attendance goes down in the gyms. People quit. It's because it's a great idea. It's a great idea. And the character... The decision, the choice, every single day, even when it's hard, even when the pillow is so soft, is every single day, you have to make the choice. You have to make the choice. So you got to fill in that gap. To me, that's character, right? Everything we're saying is about filling in the gap. A gr- somebody with a really strong character is able to identify the gap quickly and fill it with the right thing. And your character is going to grow in every single little different atmosphere of your life, right? Every single one. It's not just like your one encompassing character. Your character may have strength on certain things. Maybe your character is really strong with relationships. Maybe your character is really strong with just making good personal decisions. Maybe your character is really strong with making um, healthy choices for food and for fitness. Everybody's character may differ a little bit. And there's where the gaps are. We all know where maybe, hey, I could eat a little less McDonald's. That's a character thing because if I want to take care of my body and I want to do the right things, maybe I need to develop my character a little bit to help me out with that. Again, maybe something big that's so complex can start small and we can start building and building and building. And when we're doing those things, we're going to see that love comes out. We're going to see that love comes out because it's, I don't know if you guys know this, it's a trend that comes around. You know, it's our first Valentine's Day card. Love. I worked on that one, guys. Come on. (laughs) Come on. Jeez. it's Dad jokes. I'm loving them. So, So John, chapter 13, verse 34 and 35, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. You know, I don't know about you guys, but when I read that, I kind of think that we should love one another. Right? Amen. Right? I mean, it's kind of right there and said in a lot of different ways in one sentence, and, you know, in just a couple verses. It's, it's right there. You got to love one another, even as he's loved us. Like I said, he filled in the gap for us, right? He filled in the gap. We, we you know, we were sinful. We were everything that was wrong. And he was everything that was right. And he said, you know what? I'm going to take care of this. And he lived a life, a journey, right? 33 years, a journey. It was a journey up to the hill where the cross was. It was a walk up to the hill where the cross was. It wasn't just something, guys, that somebody snapped a finger and it was done. It was something that people had tears you know, something that gets me every time is that Passion of the Christ movie that came out years ago now. Um, there's one scene in there that, you know, I always understood it, but I never really understood it until I saw that. And I was like, wow. But the one scene, and, and Jesus is carrying the cross, and he's carrying it up the hill. And there's a point where he just can't carry it anymore and falls down and falls over in the cross. And his mother Mary is right there. And it cuts to a scene where she sees him as a little boy running across the bridge falling down scraping his knee and you really don't grasp that this guy Jesus for me that was like an eye open moment like aha you don't grasp it wow what did other people go through his mom seeing that happen you know his friends seeing his disciples seeing that happen wow what a journey What a journey where it wasn't always highs and lows. It wasn't always where Jesus said, oh, you guys are hungry? Oh, here's a Happy Meal. Watch. It wasn't always like this great thing. And it was that moment where I was like, wow. Wow. For me, wow. What kind of love? What kind of love? I mean, it gives you chills. It gives you chills. So when I think of love, you know, how do you show people love in your life? How do you show people love? Well, it's time. When you spend time with people, it shows them value. It shows them value. Hey, I'm spending time with you. It's value. Hey, I love you. Connection. What about connection? When you connect with somebody, make a phone call and say hi. Sometimes it just shows you care. Well, what would you need? Nothing, really. I was just saying hi. How you doing? Okay. Just it shows you care. What about service? When you serve somebody. You know, yeah, that shows them love. Community. Hey, man, we're in this together. Oh, what are you doing? Closing up your pool? You want me to come over? No big deal. We can help you close up a pool. I don't know what to do, but I can hold something for you or do something. Hey, you know what? I can help you out with that. Oh, you're something, you need your help with your breaks? Hey, guess what? I know how to do that. I can help you out with that. Service sometimes. It really shows people, hey, community. We're in this together. There's nothing like, you know, you feel really loved when you're in it together. And sometimes a really deep love, it can be uncomfortable, but what about correction and redirection? Hey, I, I love you enough to stop Yeah, I love you enough to help you to kind of course correct. I see where you're going from the outside. I love you enough to ask, do you really want to go there? Do you really want to go there? Lastly, when you have that truth when you have that trust when you have that character and that love shows well guess what that's going to build not only with jesus but with the people around you strong and healthy and positive relationships right strong healthy and positive relationships and all this all this has worked up to this big road of unity it's this big road of unity to unity so unity, John chapter 17, verse 20 and 23. I do not ask on behalf of these alone, but for those also who believe in me through their word, that they that they may all be one, even as you, Father, are in me. Even as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you sent me. The glory which you have given me I have given to them that they may be one, just as we are one in them and you and me, and they may be perfected in unity so that the world may know that you sent me and love them even as you have loved me. What does that mean? That means, look, when we're displaying all these things and they're all working as one, we're creating unity. And when the world sees, wow, how does that happen, right? When the world says, what is going on over there? people want to know because there's something they're seeing like, what is this? This is not of this world. They're able to see Jesus through us. And that's when lives get changed. We don't change people's life. Jesus does. But when we can let that truth affect us, when we can have that trust help us to choose our decisions, it changes us. And it lets people see. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1 through 6, it says, Therefore I, the prisoner of the Lord, impl- implore you to walk in a manner worthy of calling with which you have been called. And with all humility and gentleness, with patience, showing tolerance for one another in love, being diligent to preserve the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as also you were called in one hope of your calling one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all and through all and in all. We're created to live together. Just like I said, you can't do it alone, so don't pretend you can. And when you do all these things, when you do the truth, when you do the trust, when you're building your character and the love is coming out and the unity is there, wow, you're going to look behind you and say, where's the gap now? Where's the gap now? And as gaps, as things in your life present themselves, wow, what does that look like now? Guess what? Probably how you imagined it at the start of service. Probably how you were imagining it at the start of service. And all of a sudden, this complex thing has come to simple things that you did. And now all of a sudden, these values that whether you knew it or not are in line with every single decision that we make, Are making a total and huge difference. So, what's your gap? When you look at the values, truth, trust, character, love, unity, where's your gap at? What is it? How are you gonna fill it? And not this just not just this week, not just today. But how are you going to continuously just take a step, fight for the positivity, tell that little voice, no, get up and get going and just say, you know what, Jesus, let's go and just go on a walk one step at a time, one step at a time. And we're not going to do it alone because together is better. It's not about the things we accomplish. It's It's about the people we accomplish them with. And when we do that, we'll have greater victories. We'll have more victories when we work together. So running this race, this is an African proverb. Running this race that, you know of the life, of trying to become more like Christ and working through all these values, it's not a thing of speed. It's not about how fast you can get there. It's about getting there. This African proverb says, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. Go together. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this time together, Lord. I just, uh, you know, I pray that we can be a church that we can make a step towards that truth. We can make a step towards Mm -hmm. trust. We can make a step towards building our character and showing your love Uh, and a church that's really unified just to share the love of Jesus. And, uh, you know, as we come to, to close today, as Dell comes up here and and talks to you a little bit, um, I just pray that you be with Dell, that you be with us as we go this week, and just even further in the year that that we can make a decision every day to to be able to see the gap and to be able to fill it quite simply with you, Lord. All this we ask in Jesus' name, Amen.